0: I'm Kylie, founder of Canal Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, welcome back. It's morning. Today I'm sitting down with Coach Austin. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, appreciate you having me.
0: Well, perfect. We're excited to hear from you and hear about your story. Um, so just to dive into this, um, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is, can you tell us about the current highs and lows of your season?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty crazy emotional roller coaster for the last, you know, I'd say three weeks. Um, our program has never won uh, the regular season title uh, ever um, before, you know, this year. And so we, we did that. We accomplished that. Uh, we were the number one seed going into our conference tournament. And uh, if you win your conference tournament, you have an opportunity to you know, go to the NCAA tournament. And uh, again, that's something that had never been done before. Uh, we played that tournament in Indianapolis. Uh, we won that, uh, I think it was not last Tuesday. And uh, when we won that, it was an unbelievable experience, you know, confetti flying, cutting down the nets. And, you know, I told, told everybody my, my last memory was I walked into the locker room afterwards to address the team and they, they doused me with water. And you know, it was a massive <laughs> celebration. And then, Fast forward 48 hours later, you know, we'd given our kids a couple of days off before we started practice for the NCAA tournament, and I was actually doing an interview similar to this one. When I got done with the interview, I looked down at my phone, and all our players, or most of our players, had texted me and said, hey, coach, the NCAA tournament's canceled. And, uh, uh, you know, this day and age, obviously, information travels differently. So, you know, a lot of times in this case, you'd like to be the one to inform your first. players on you know, <laughs> social media. They let me know. and you know, it was it was really tough because our kids were looking forward to that Monday selection show and seeing their name, uh, you know, on ESPN and, uh, and then playing in the tournament. And, uh, you know, it felt like a real gut punch. And I think I heard it on Scott Van Pelt the other night that most athletes, when you play a game or a sport, you know, you either win or lose, you know, there's a potential for your season or career to end. And, uh, you know, when you're sitting on the couch at three in the afternoon, you don't expect that to happen. So, a lot of highs and a lot of lows but our team was grateful we got to you know we even got to play our conference tournament.
0: Wow well and it sounds like you guys did awesome it shows that your hard work is paying off is there something that you'd say you've been working on the most to help you win that championship?
1: Yeah I think the thing that uh, you know people uh, and myself included uh, lose sight of is sometimes we get fixed on the results and not the process and uh, you know you want something so bad that Uh, you lose sight of what's going to get you there. And so we spent a lot of time during the course of this year talking about, you know, focusing on one day at a time, one practice at a time, one game at a time, and uh, that kind of being our our focus and and not concerned with, you know, an end result. And even when we got to the conference tournament, you know, the day of we talked about, you know, we're not concerned about cutting nets down or hosting, you know, trophies. We want to let's play our best game of basketball. And, you know, a funny story I've told people is when – Uh, With about four games to go in the regular season, we had uh, won a game at Wright State and we clinched a share of the regular season title. And uh, we walked in the locker room and had our normal deal, but we we told our team, hey, you know, guess what? You just clinched the first, you know, at least share of the conference title. And they all looked at us like we were crazy. They had no idea. Nobody in the room had any idea that we'd done that. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the the buy-in of, you know what, Buy in at one, you know, one day at a time, one practice at a time. So their focus was so solely on that that uh, you know they weren't concerned with the the results. And so it was kind of a surprise when we had a chance.
0: To <laughs> oh, I love that! It shows that the little things add up. I love that focus too. Wow. Well, I love seeing like I love hearing about coaches and the highs and lows of their seasons because it it shows the work ethic and the effort that goes into it. Um, and so I'm curious, how did you get to be a coach?
1: Well, uh, you know, I come from a, a basketball family. My, uh, my grandfather was an All-American for Adolph Rupp at the University of Kentucky. My dad is the all-time assist leader and recently inducted in the Purdue Hall of Fame. And then I played college basketball for the legendary coach Gene Cady at Purdue University. Wow! And uh, I knew I wanted to be a coach since I was in fifth grade. Uh, it's something I, you know, uh, I have always been passionate about. Uh, when I graduated school, I could have gone on and played overseas, but I knew I wanted to get right into coaching. And you know, I started my career path. And uh, I was on the men's side uh, for a long time, working my way up. Uh, and then I was an assistant at IUPUI for uh, two years on the men's side. Going into my third year, uh, kind of a strange uh, thing happened. Uh, the, the women's program, they fired the coach four days before the first practice. And oh. there was a lot of turmoil. Their team had been losing. Uh, just a lot of stuff had been going on. In fact, there was a USA Today article about it. And uh, they ended up, asking me they said hey would you be the interim coach for the year and uh you know we've had a lot of success we've had seven out of the last eight years we've won 20 games but I always tell people uh even though we only won four games that first year uh you know you could write a Disney movie about it and Disney'd come back and be like oh that's not believable we can't write it so you know it's one of those things that first year was a lot of bumps in the road but but you know it's it's probably a lot more satisfaction knowing where we were and kind of where we're at now
0: oh I love that. No, it sounds like you're doing amazing things there because, well, in that conference tournament, you had to work so hard to get to that conference tournament and especially to win it. Do you feel like a lot of that's come back to um, anything specific you've done at
1: practices? Like, Well, I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's any one thing. I mean, I think that, you know, it's more of a, it's really hard. You can't skip steps and, you know, and, and the process and, and the journey. And, you know, our program over the years has kind of slowly uh, positions itself, you know, every year. And, and, you know, we went through a hardship about three years ago. We actually, we had a three point lead with two seconds to go. And oh. uh, if we win that game in the championship, we would have gone to the NCAA tournament then. And uh, ultimately the, the, other team had a buzzer beater and we lost in overtime. And so, you know, to be that close to, to doing that and then have that taken away was a really, you know, really hard moment. I think mm-hmm. uh, it was neat. One of my seniors was a, I think she was a freshman at the time. Uh, but she got to experience kind of the lowest of lows and then come all the way back and experience the highest of highs. And I think dealing with adversity and, you know, what that looks like was probably a big proponent of us, you know, being able to have the success we did this year. It's
0: true. And sports, I've noticed sports teach you so much about real life and how to keep pushing through adversity. So I love that you brought that up. What are some of your most memorable travel experiences that you've had?
1: Some of my most tra- memorable travel experiences. So I've I've had a, kind of a unique uh, opportunity to travel quite a bit. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I I lived overseas, and uh, my my dad took a job in England, and we knew it was going to be about a two year assignment. And so uh, I lived in England. I got to travel to almost 18, 19 different countries. Uh, wow! You know, I had a chance to go to Germany, Italy. You know, I've seen the Louvre in France. I've seen uh, you know, the Statue David. I, I, I've i been, you know, anywhere and everywhere. And then, you know, the last year or so, I got to uh, take my wife and, and my little, yeah, she's three now. She was two at the time. We got to go to England on an 11-day trip. And um, you got to go in. One of the coolest things we got to do is we got to go in Buckingham Palace. There's about uh, four weeks out of the year that the queen isn't there, and they open it up to be able to go in there. So we got to go in, and something I didn't get to do when I was there last time around, but you know, a quick funny story is my little girl, we get to this main room and, and you know, you recognize it on TV. It's a it's a room they host big banquets and um it's a room that and, and when you're on the tour, they let you sit down and kind of take it in. Well, I've got a little girl and we get in there and there's a real strong echo and she starts singing at the top of her lungs, Twinkle Twinkle, little star. And so uh, I quickly chaperoned her out of that area uh, to not disrupt anybody. But uh, you know, we got to do that. My wife My wife loved the Cotswolds. We got to go experience kind of the, um, you know, countryside of that, Um, you know, something that she really appreciated, uh, you know, while we were there. Oh,
0: that sounds like a dream. I'm glad your daughter was able to experience that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was was awesome. I mean, like I said, the weather was incredible. And, um, you know, it was neat to see my wife, uh, who really appreciates, you know, art and history and those type of things. I'd seen all these things before, so it was neat to be able to see her you know, appreciate it and get to experience it.
0: Oh, I love that. So is that, would you say that's been one of your favorite places to travel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. London is a, uh, you know, my, my absolute favorite place. Um, we took a trip a few years ago with, uh, you know, to, to Hawaii, but on the way over we we stopped in San Francisco and uh, you know, as far as some of the places I've been in the state, San Francisco, I thought was one of the coolest cities uh, to be able to kind of, navigate and and and, you know check out the different areas there's a lot of historical stuff but there's also um you know some fun places to go and and tour as well
0: well that's so awesome i love how much you you love to travel and how you've been so many places because a lot of people don't have opportunities like that so that's awesome what is one thing that no one knows about you that you can share
1: uh let's see i probably two things from my travel one was uh when we were younger uh we took a trip to Israel, got a chance to go to uh, Jerusalem. But the day we were there, uh, we took a tour bus, and I was obviously very little at the time, but uh, they had to, uh, And you know, when you're older and you look back, you think, wow, that was crazy. Uh, but at that moment, you know, your parents are looking after you. But uh, one, we had to take a different route. So whatever bus route we took, we had to take a completely different route because um, there was a, a terrorist bomb that had gone off in Tel Aviv Oh uh, that particular day. So we had to take a completely different route. And then the other thing I remember is uh, we were coming out of the Wailing Wall, which is a really sacred place. And uh, there was, we, we were exiting the Wailing Wall, and, and and this is back when tensions were pretty high over there. And there was oh a, uh, uh, yeah, a, I don't know if it was a police officer or a military person that had been, uh, you know, kind of assaulted, stabbed. I'm not sure exactly what it was. But what I do remember being a kid and not, you know, having lived yeah. overseas and, and being in a foreign spot, is I remember CNN cameras. Uh, they were CNN. CNN was familiar to me, all right? remembered remember that yeah. from, you know, the United States. And so I just remember our parents, uh, you know, obviously the tour group we were with, uh, you know, shuttle us off to the bus. And I was pretty young at the time, so I don't remember much else. But I do remember CNN. So amongst all oh. that, you know, craziness, uh, the CNN cameras uh, were, were something that I was like, whoa, that's, you know, uh, familiar. in uh, in the midst of, you know, kind of chaos.
0: Wow. Wow, it sounds like you've been through a lot, though. I can only imagine from going so many places, you've probably seen so much.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you that it's probably, I mean, clearly that's a dramatic story just because, you know, from a childhood standpoint, we, we weren't in any danger, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, there were some things that had gone on. I mean, but the other part about it was getting to see, you know, where Jesus was born in Jerusalem and all those yeah. things were, you know, incredibly powerful. But at the same time, you know, we were we were coming from Cyprus, which was a, you know, incredibly beautiful island. So, you know, traveling something I'm really grateful when my parents allowed us to, you know, to be able to do throughout our childhood.
0: Oh, no, I love that. I've gotten to travel a little bit because my dad's job too. And I just, I think there's so much you can learn from other people and different cultures. So I think that's awesome.
1: Well, one of my, my other favorite stories is more from my mom's standpoint, but, uh, uh, you know, one of our big shows that we like to watch my wife and I is The Crown. And uh, we watched the crown all the time on TV from uh, on Netflix. And my wife, we lived in Southport, England. I mean, my mom, we lived in Southport, England. Uh, when, when Charles had, you know, his affair with Camilla, like she went into, you know, you didn't hear, uh, Diana went into hiding for like, I'm not sure what the time period was, but one of her first public appearances in, you know, back in, in the public eye was in our hometown and, you know, they lined the streets and uh, my mom, actually has pictures where she got to shake hands with princess diana what? and she got about two or three people past my uh, my mom and she started to break down in tears and they whisked her off and you know the, the, she went into it you know with her, but you know such a crazy thing that, like we actually have pictures you know my mom uh, got to shake hands or, or you know meet princess diana
0: oh my goodness wow okay that is a cool experience i'm glad you guys got a photo of that because <laughs> that is going to be a memory forever <laughs> Um, if you're an athlete that's wanting to play for like a team or university, what would your advice be to that person?
1: Well, obviously, I think you know there are certain things that pertain specifically to an individual sport, but um, I, I would say like you know, the kids that that love what they do and are passionate about what they do, um, and and you know, you hear the term hard work, but I think more you know, what are you willing to sacrifice with that hard work because. There's going to be sacrifice involved, you know, if you want to reach the level that you want to reach as, as an athlete. And uh, the other part about it is, uh, and, you know, there's a few individual sports, but I'll talk specifically for basketball. I think you have to be completely for the team. And uh, I just had a conversation with a, one of my coaches the other day of kids that we're looking for is we want kids that are going to play hard. We're going to – we want kids that want to be in the gym. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest – you know, I wouldn't call it a secret to success, but probably one of the most obvious things for us is, you know, we've brought kids in that love playing basketball. And like when practice is over, they want more of it. And that's, you know, that's not always the case. And then the last part is being completely for the team. Um, you know, that's hard to do. I mean, being completely for the team. And you, know, one of my favorite memories from this year is uh, you know, watching the film after the game, the championship, seeing some of our players on the sidelines, you know, pulling so hard for the kids that were out on the floor and, uh, you know, being completely for the team, not being somebody that's worried about their playing time or worried about their stats, but being completely bought in. And when you have that, you know, that's why I think team sports are the best sports, you know, individuals, you know, you're responsible for yourself, but the team, you know, when you, when you hit that note of, of, you know, everybody being in sync, it, it takes things to another level.
0: Wow. No, and it's true. I love hearing what coaches um, would give as advice to players, because it shows like what's important. And so you mentioned something that I was curious about. Um, you mentioned that they'd have those traits to work as a team player. Um, have you noticed that those traits translate into like real life in school? Those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I think that those people, you know, for for our program, we've been the top twenty-five academically the last two years, uh, and a lot of that are those same kids that I mentioned. But you know, you do see the translation more into the real world, you know, when uh, kids that are willing to sacrifice and, you know, be completely for the team are the same kids that, you know, adapt when they're thrown into the real world and face adversity and face difficult circumstances. At the same time, those kids that, you know, constantly have excuses, constantly, you know, one of the things I think that's, that's different, uh, when, when, when I played, uh, you know, if there were issues, like my parents, you know, you went to college, like that's on you, you, you got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, uh, when I have a job issue or anything, like my parents can't help me out. And, yeah. you know, now you see some of these kids that, that, you know, their parents, uh, want to, want to solve all their problems for them, you know, in school. And, and part of being in college and part of being, you know, a college basketball player, uh, is being able to figure it out and being completely for the team. And, uh, you know, some of those kids that struggle, they're the same ones that struggle on jobs and struggle, you know, interacting with people. And, and we've been really blessed. You know, this, this team that we have, you know, every single member of this team uh, was, was, you know, bought into what we were doing. And, you know, I look at these kids, I'm like, man, these kids are going to go, you know, whatever profession they, they go into, I know they're going to be successful because they have the right mindset.
0: Oh, oh no, that, that, means, that means the most. And I think that shows why your team did so well because of that team player mindset. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's helpful to athletes wanting to play. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what's your next adventure, Austin?
1: Well, <laughs> the next adventure is, uh, you know, who knows It's probably uh, trying to keep active while we're, you know, we're uh, inside here for the next, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, however long, you know, long this is. I mean, I think, uh, you know, getting back to the basketball side of things uh, it's, You know, this year we were able to do things that never been done before. You know, we have pretty much our entire team back. So next year, what does that look like? You know, now being probably the favorite, you know, do you come back with the same level of hunger? Do you, you know, do you still uh, buy into the one one practice, one day at a time mentality? You know, it's a different, you know, it's a different starting point, but um, do you still focus on those things? And so I think we have a, you know, really – really good challenge to be able to do that and, and see you know how we handle the expectations of you know maybe being in front instead of being somebody that's picked you know two or three two or three notches behind.
0: Oh, yes no I totally agree with that and I'm excited to see where your team goes because this hard work it's going to keep paying off you know just like it has this past season.
1: Well I mean you hope so that's the, the, like we said we, we can't really control the results you know who knows what will happen but we can't control you know, how we show up every day, how we have our attitude and, and, you know, the, the way that we, you know, go about our, our, uh, you know, our business.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Austin. I've had a blast listening to the insides of your team and your life. And, um, it's been fun listening to the places you've traveled. Thank you so much.
1: Appreciate you having me on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the
0: 35,000 feet podcast where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you wanna share? Visit www.acanela.com podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.